Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. During Advent, we hear the words from John the Baptist, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We hear the word repentance. We hear that we are to repent. And we know that the season of Lent is a great opportunity for us to do repentance. But here we are on this third Sunday of Epiphany, sort of in the middle of Epiphany, and we hear the same words from Jesus as John the Baptist, where Jesus says to repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Son of God says to repent. Now, for most people, when it comes to repent, and I include myself with the many, it's sort of making this list, sort of whether you make it in your mind or if you write it on a piece of paper, or as someone said at first service, if I write it on a piece of paper, there's not enough paper in the world uh, to put all of my sins. But we make a list of everything in our life that we know that is contrary to God's commands. The list might include anger, hatred, gossiping, envy, addiction, doubt, evil, lust, swearing. You can come up with your own list, but we make this list and then we speak or we confess to God those sins that we know that are before us and even sometimes those sins that we know that we have committed that only God knows. But to repent is to speak to God all that is wrong in our life and then hand them over to God. In some ways, it's transactional because we're giving to God and then God is giving to us and announcing to us that our sins are forgiven. And we get a picture of that on Ash Wednesday when we come and we have the cross and then we put the nail in the cross knowing that our sins nail Jesus to the cross in his suffering and death. Or I've been on retreats before where you actually do make that list, those sins that you know about that are burdening you. And then when the pastor does absolution, he takes them and tears them up. Or if you're out in a campfire, he throws them into the fire and the sins are removed. But even knowing that, from time to time, questions pop up. When we have confirmation, seventh and eighth graders sometimes will ask a question when we're talking about what it is to repent or sometimes in adult instruction, or sometimes when I'm out doing a shut-in visit, people may have some questions. Some of the questions are like this. What if I die thinking an evil thought? Or what if I'm at an R-rated movie when Jesus returns? You know, there's no time to make a list. No time to confess confess, and no time to hand it over to God. To repent is serious business for us as Christians. Luke records Jesus speaking about the tragedies in life as occasions for self-examination, that these events are warnings of God's coming judgment, but he wants to specifically for us to know that these tragedies do not always strike people because they somehow deserve it. Instead, Jesus says, No, I tell you, unless you repent, 
you will all likewise perish. And then Jesus talks about another tragedy. And then he says, again I say, no, I tell you, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. So just considering some of the tragic events that are happening in our world today, maybe the fires in Australia, perhaps it's this new virus, this deadly virus that is broken out in China and has somehow found its way to a couple people here in the United States. Maybe it's in our own city where we think about the crime rate, the killings, or maybe Puerto Rico where they've had all kinds of troubles, or as some people continue to worry about, even our own government might be a tragic event that is unfolding before us. But Jesus tells us, no, I tell you, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Dr. Jeff Gibbs, in his commentary on Matthew, as he talks about and discusses further what it means in this word to repent, he says to repent is a call to conversion, a call to move from sin and unbelief to faith and salvation. And then where Jesus adds the words that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, it goes on to tell us that scripture speaks very clearly on the last day that Jesus will take all who believe in him to eternal life, that we're beginning to see that already now as God comes to us in Jesus Christ. What God the King is doing in Jesus. People dwelling in darkness have seen a great light, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The shadow of death is over all of us, but for us as Christians, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The cross is the power of God for those being saved, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus is healing every disease and every affliction, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I'd like to give you 30, 40 seconds, something like that. It'll probably seem like a long time. But just pause for a moment and think about how God is changing your life when you think about sin and unbelief to faith and salvation, how God is changing your life through repentance. We'll take 30 seconds. So a friend shared with me a story in his life a couple weeks ago, and I don't give you his name just to sort of to protect him with this situation, but he said as a child he went shopping with his mother in the neighborhood, and when his mother wasn't looking, he, he stole a package of gum, and they left the store, and he had this package of gum in his pocket, and they went to his grandmother's for lunch, 
And his grandmother didn't have lunch quite ready, so she put out some snacks and said that you should eat some of the snacks. And so it wasn't long, he was sitting there, and finally he pulled out one stick of gum and put it in his mouth. Then he put out the second gum, piece of gum and put it in his mouth. And then the third, and of course he's chewing this wad of gum. And his grandmother says, what are you eating? And he says, the snacks that you put out. She says, no, you're not. And well, then the mother heard that, and she came, and she said, spit it out. So he spits out this big wad of gum into her hand. And then he is asked, where did you get that? He said, I found it. She said, no, you didn't. Where did you get it? Someone gave it to me. No, they didn't. Where did you get it? And he started crying, I stole it from the store. Well, she took the rest of the gum. They got in the car, and they went back to the store. They found the owner, and they went to the owner, and she said, my son stole this gum from you. And he could see that the, the child was heartbroken. And he said, don't do it again. The mother says, no, you're going to punish him. And the man, store owner, says, no, don't do it again. Now, we could look at this situation and probably have all kinds of things to think about. We could be, have our own judgment of this young boy. We know that stealing is wrong. But just put your place, put yourself in the place of the mother. What would you have done? Put yourself in the place of the child. You know, how would you have felt? Or put yourself in the place of the store owner. You know, what would you have done? Just for a moment, picture God as the store owner. You are the child standing before him. He knows what you have done wrong. And perhaps others are around you like the mother saying, you must be punished. You know, how do you feel? What's that like for you? There's a similar story in scripture in the Gospel of John. To Jesus is brought a woman who is caught in adultery. And those accusing her want her to be stoned. And the scripture says, as they continue to ask Jesus what must be done to her, according to the law, he says, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And then one by one, scripture says, they went away. And then Jesus says to the woman, has no one condemned you? And she says, no one. And then Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go in your life, and from now on, sin no more. There's no specific word of forgiveness that Jesus speaks, but certainly it is a call for repentance, to go from sin and unbelief to faith and salvation, and in doing so, knowing that it changes one's life. It changes one's life in a, in a big way. The disciples, we see that in the disciples, the 12 that Jesus called to be right next to him, they're up and down in their life. They're making poor decisions. They're misunderstanding what Jesus is saying. But we know as we read through Scripture that they changed. What's often forgotten when it comes to repentance is that word change. To change our sinful way. To change is to repent. To change is the work that God calls us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's inseparable from our life today and our life that we will have for eternity with Jesus. Luther talks about this in the large catechism. 
And he says it's a key piece, this is a key piece of repentance. To repent is a determined, a decisive, a firm, an uncompromising attack on the sinful self and an entry into new life. And so Dr. Luther says, therefore, this is essentially the same as baptism. What we witnessed this morning with Bendu. This is living in repentance, is remembering our baptism, progressing in our baptism, which not only proclaims new life, but Luther says, creates, begins, and carries it forward. For in baptism we are given the grace and the spirit and the power to put down the sinful self so that the new self, the new creation, may come forth and grow into maturity. We may not always see it, Paul says, outwardly, we're wasting away. But inwardly, see, we're being renewed and strengthened every day by the power of the gospel, by the power of forgiveness. So, again, 30 seconds, and if you want to talk amongst yourselves, you can. But think about how you are growing in your baptism. So 30 seconds, and again, if you want to share with someone next to you, that's fine. Luther gives us something helpful, I believe, as he says, everyone should look upon baptism as her, his or her everyday clothing to wear. To put on as you would a shirt or clothing every day, that you put on your baptism every day. You mark yourself with the sign of the cross, remembering your baptism, that is once you receive forgiveness of sins in baptism, so Luther says that forgiveness now continues as long as we live until we breathe our last breath in this life. It's not about our list, however long that might be. It's not about our confession. It's not about handing it over to God, but it's about how God is in our life through Jesus Christ, through the means of grace, and he's turning us from sin and unbelief to faith and salvation. The work of the gospel, the work of Christ in our lives, dying to ourselves, and rising to new life. I believe I forgot to mention in the story about my friend who stole the gum, he grew up in a Hispanic neighborhood. The store owner's name that told him not to do it again, his name was Jesus. I said, that will preach. (laughs) Where there is forgiveness, there is faith and salvation, And there is Jesus. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So I had this wild thought uh, when we come to Ash Wednesday, that when we have the cross up here, that when we come and put the nail, that we all bring a picture of ourselves. And we put the picture, see, the nail through the picture, and pound that into the cross. Uh, We just sang a little bit ago, my sin, not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. 
And how does the song end? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. It is well with all of you today in Christ. Amen.